Hey, how you doing? My name's Greg Knapp. This is Find Your Purpose, Live Your Passion. Today on the podcast, the George Costanza method of finding your passionate purpose and how to achieve more than you even dreamed of. Ready? Let's go. You know how you sometimes feel stuck? Like you're drifting through life, going through the motions? You know you were created for something more, that an average life just isn't enough for you. Then you're in the right place. Find your purpose. Live your passion. Let's go. Once you find and start pursuing your passionate purpose, great accidents can happen. I mean, you might end up achieving more than your dreams. I love what Louis Pasteur said. Chance favors the prepared mind. Oh, yeah. Now, sometimes, as you're pursuing your passionate purpose, your goals get bigger than you ever dreamed. It really does happen more than you think. Sam Walton did not have a goal to become the very biggest retailer when he started his first store. He just kept pursuing his passion and his goals for creating these stores that would serve the customer well. And then he just kept doing more and more of them and he kept going and he kept going. And next thing you know, he's Mr. Sam Walton. Now, you may have heard about the guy who created Post-it Notes. This was a dude trying to make super glue. His mistake became a household item. I guess probably more of a business item, although people take them from the office and use them at home. Stop stealing from your employer. Have you ever heard of Constantin Fallberg, though? This dude was a chemist in the late 1800s. Now, he made a life-changing discovery, totally accidental. And really kind of gross when you think about it. Here's what happened. When he came home from work one night, he noticed that his wife's dinner rolls had a little special sweet taste. They hadn't had these before. And so he said, hey, honey, what's going on? And she said, there's no new recipe. I don't know what you're talking about. He realized it was something he'd done. See, what happened was he'd been trying to figure out new uses for coal tar. And while he was working, he got all kinds of residue on his clothes and his hands. Well, the residue came off on the dinner rolls that he was eating. And that residue was what gave them the super sweet taste. Yeah. Wash your hands, man. Come on. Well, it took another four years of work, but Fallberg finally patented you ready? Wait for it. Saccharin. Yeah, you see it everywhere now in the little pink packets. It's calorie-free, 300 times sweeter than sugar. And it's in products from colas to salad dressing. And it all started with an accident and not washing your hands. Sometimes your mistakes can save lives, though. Wilson, great batch. What a name, great batch. Well, he was an electrician. He was working on building a device that could record rapid heartbeats. Now, he was finishing his invention and he needed just one more part. He was searching for a 10,000 ohm resistor. Ohm. When he reached into his box of goodies, he accidentally pulled out a one mega ohm resistor. Oh, come on, dude, a one mega. Yeah, I don't know anything about resistors either. You don't need it for the story. The device ended up making a 1.8 millisecond pulse. Then it went silent for a second, then it pulsed again. Now, what was happening was essentially the machine was mimicking a human heartbeat. And from that, the pacemaker was born. And it's now saving lives all around the world. Yeah, man, sometimes mistakes are really good. And sometimes hard work pays off when you least expect it. You know, as a kid, I love baseball and I love basketball. My birthday is in October. And since the leagues were arranged by grade level, I was always one of the youngest and smallest guys on the team. Yeah, I started kindergarten when I was four. I was a pretty good contact hitter on my baseball team, but I wasn't known for my power. I was one of the little guys on the team. But I did work hard at improving my skills, and my batting average was going up. 
I finally started growing in my last year of Little League. It was just a few games into the season. Fastball right down the middle. I connected and took off running hard. And I rounded first base and noticed something. I saw the ball laying on the other side of the fence. I was stunned. Wait a second. Had I, had I just hit a home run? I, I don't hit home runs. I never expected to hit a home run. But there it was. Me. Greg Knapp. Just hit a home run. Man, I was exploding inside. But I tried to act, you know, hey, man, this is normal for me. I Just like I've done it all the time. I trotted around the bases. And I was in utter bliss. Now that was a defining moment in my life. And not just because I'd hit my first home run. Here, here's what it was. I realized that with hard work, I could improve my skills. And if I kept at it, I might just surprise myself at how good I could get. I hit 10 home runs that year. And it wasn't because I focused on home runs. It was because I found joy in the process of pursuing my passion of playing baseball the best that I could and getting better at every skill that goes along with that. Yeah, so think about it. Great Batch, Falberg, Walton, me, countless others. We've all achieved more than we planned. But it all happened because we were pursuing goals tied to our passionate purpose. So be careful not to get so focused on one way to reach your goal that you miss an amazing opportunity. Always stay open to the chance that something even better, something even better than you're aiming at can happen. Because it just might. Now, sometimes we sell our dream short by talking ourselves down. We say things like, man, I'm not smart enough. I didn't go to the right school. I don't have an MBA. You got to be one of the top in your class and be super successful like that. Okay, first of all, telling yourself those things does not help. It hurts you. It hurts the belief and motivation you need to excel. Secondly, those statements just aren't true. Let me tell you about H.J. H.J. was just an average dude. Average student, grew up poor on a farm. But what he really loved to do, take stuff apart, put it back together. H.J. was so good at it that soon all of his neighbors were seeing him as the guy to go to when something wasn't working. But in school, he was really just kind of a middle-of-the-pack student. When he turned 16, he dropped out. He left home. He got work as a machinist apprentice. And after a few years, he got married and started running a sawmill. You know, he's trying to take care of his family, but it wasn't his passion. Now, H.J. still did love working on machines. He loved anything mechanical. And he used that to get a job as an engineer at the Edison Company. He quickly became chief engineer. It was a little different back in those days. He'd started out poor with a limited education and was now a success. But that wasn't enough for H.J. No, he had a dream of running his own company. Now, it was risky to leave the good-paying, stable job, especially with a family, but he decided to go for it. And he failed. The business went under. He tried again. And he failed. Again. And this got H.J. thinking, well, maybe I just don't have what it takes to run my own company. Maybe I should quit. I mean, after all, he was 40. It was time to be responsible. But man, he had a strong drive. This was what he wanted to do with his life. So he tried by starting another business. Third time's the charm, right? Uh, not exactly. See, his business was not doing well. The investors were worried. They didn't like a strange idea he had of a new way to make his products more efficiently and less expensively. They didn't think it could work. He almost ran out of money. He had to bring in some of the investors as owners just to keep things going. But then, then things started clicking. Sales took off, and H.J.'s idea worked, and he was able to sell his products for a profit at a price that most Americans could afford. And he became one of the richest men in the world. His name, H.J., 
Henry James Ford, and he revolutionized the auto industry, not because he was a genius, not because he had an Ivy League education, not because his parents bankrolled him, not because he knew the right people. He was able to do it because he just kept pursuing his passionate purpose and never gave up. He kept hitting obstacles and finding new ways around him. He kept coming up with new ideas, and what he knew would work, he didn't let go of. I love what Henry Ford said. Failure is simply the opportunity to begin again, this time more intelligently. Man, that's key, isn't it? He didn't just keep going and trying the same thing over and over again. He kept finding the mistakes, the problems, fixing them, going around them, and trying again, this time more intelligently. So, how about you? I mean, you may decide. You have one purpose, and that can guide every phase of your life. Fantastic. Awesome. Knock yourself out. Or maybe you see a purpose in some parts of your life, but not in others. Fine, too. Whatever it is for you, I implore you, figure it out. I mean, why would you want to go on the journey of your life without an idea of where you're going? Let's go. Hey, if this resonates with you, please subscribe to the podcast, review it, share it with a friend, and check us out online, gregorybnapp.com. Got a free gift for you, five steps to finding your passion and purpose. After I finished a presentation, one of the audience members came up and, and said, Greg, hold on, here's the problem I've got. I just can't figure out what I want. Yeah, that can be hard sometimes. I get it. It's true. And for some people, the George Costanza method can help. You know, George Costanza from Seinfeld. Remember him? So if you're having difficulty figuring out what you want in life, what your passion or purpose is, try to remember the Seinfeld episode where George figured out that his life was a mess because he was always making the wrong choices. Remember that one? Yeah. He decided he was going to do the opposite of whatever he would normally do. Because obviously, right now, everything he did didn't work. So if he did the opposite, then it would work out great. And it did. His life actually improved greatly. Now, of course, it wasn't hard to improve the life of a bald, middle-aged, unemployed man who still lived with his parents. But you kind of get the idea, right? So let's give it a try. Figure out all the things you don't want in your life. Write them down. I mean, describe what your worst job would be. Who you would work with what your hours would be, what you'd get paid, what your vacations would be like, where you'd live, who you'd be married to. I mean, every part of your work life and private life, detail it as much as you can. Make it your nightmare life. Now, once you've written all that down, you apply the Costanza method and do the exact opposite. Write down the antithesis of your worst life, and by definition, you're going to have your best life, right? As you're going through your journey of finding and pursuing your passion and purpose, sometimes you can get caught up with the I should be game, right? Where I'm X number of years old, I should be further along. I should have this type of a career. I should have this type of a family. I should have this much in savings. On and on and on you go, right? Here's what I want you to remember, and I truly mean it. You are exactly where you should be right now. I like what... Arnold Toynbee said, the supreme accomplishment is to blur the line between work and play. And when you really sit down and think about this, you're going to find that you've been preparing for this your whole life. All your experiences and education, relationships, your abilities, your work history, they've all been set up to get you right here, right now, listening to me, ready to pursue your passion and purpose with reckless abandon. Yeah, man, you're exactly where you should be. This is your time. This is the beginning of the extraordinary life you've been dreaming about. So, well, Greg, but 
Well, finding my passion and purpose really helped me. I mean, I've heard a lot of weird stuff about this, and that you know that it's overrated and and you shouldn't do it. You know, I mean, it sounds kind of new agey. I like what Seneca said, the Roman philosopher. When a man does not know what Harvey's making for, no wind is the right wind. So yeah, passion and purpose stuff does sound a little new agey and touchy-feely. There's articles out there, books right now, saying the idea of following your passion is a fast way to the poorhouse. I've even read stuff that says setting goals means you'll just end up failing. Yeah, you'll end up feeling bad that you failed, right? Well... No and yes and yes and no. Now, I'm not trying to avoid answering the questions that you have, but that is really the answer. I've got another great quote from Henry Ford. If you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Yes, setting goals and not reaching them can be frustrating, sometimes depressing. But you know what can be even more depressing? Never setting any goals, never achieving any goals, and ending up eating a steady diet of government cheese and living in a van down by the river. But you know what's a lot better than not setting goals so you won't feel bad if you don't succeed? Setting them and enjoying the process of pursuing them, even if you do or don't achieve exactly what you were setting out for. Because I'll tell you what, if you set the goals and you're enjoying the process of going after it, you're definitely going to succeed. It might not be exactly the way you thought you were, but good things are going to happen into your life. And you're not going for a passionless, pointless existence. You're living an impassioned life. And that's success right there in my book. It's all about your mindset, how you set your goals, the plan you create to achieve them, the process of the execution of your plan. Ask yourself this. What gives you a better chance of living out your dreams, figuring out what those dreams are and pursuing them? Or just kind of floating and drifting through life whichever way the wind blows. Or, or as I've heard some people say, just, you know, find what you're good at and work hard at it and good things will happen. I think that can work for some people, for sure. But some of the things I was good at in my life, I don't really like. Yeah, I'm pretty good with math. I don't want to be an accountant. Ugh. No offense to accountants. Greg, you can't just say no offense. I might still offend somebody. Eh, yeah, sorry. Nothing I can do about that. But doesn't success at your job just create that passion and create fun? Well, for some people, that probably works. Because like I said, I'm not saying there's one way for everybody. But for most people, that doesn't work. I mean, how many people earning a good income do you know who hate their jobs? A lot. Doctors, dentists, lawyers. They all make it in the top 20 of highest suicide rates by profession. And those are some of our higher paying jobs. It's really not all about the money, is it? Look, you have to decide some of these answers for yourself, right? For me... I want to pursue what I'm passionate about, and I want to use that to make me rich in every sense of the word. And, and I, maybe I could make some more money in a different way, but I don't want to make more money if I hate my job. You might be surprised to find out that you will eventually make more money following your passion than you do right now, trying to slog through the day. But then again, you might not. But at a certain point, that's not the point, Right. Now, don't get me wrong. My goals definitely include creating a good income for my family and me. But it's up to you to define what a good income is and how much it's worth it to put aside the things you really, really enjoy doing. A goal like earning a million dollars a year is not my primary motivator. It's not my top why for my passion or purpose. My whys include inspiring people, helping people, creating more freedom for myself helping people live their dreams, having a flexible schedule, doing what I love to do, taking more vacations with my family. And if you took all those away from me and simply paid me more money for doing a job 50 hours a week that's sucking out my soul, 
I would say no thanks. How about you? Remember, there are countless hows to make your money. But if your passion and purpose isn't the why behind your how, you're on a path to burnout and apathy. I don't care how much money you make. But that's me. So how about you? How is doing a job just for the money working out for you? And how could you pursue your passion or purpose, enjoy the process, and end up making a really good living at the same time? The sweet spot is going to be, what do you really love to do that you're good at, that people want and are willing to pay money for? You find that and become world-class at it, you're golden. Ready? Let's go. Hey, if this resonates with you, please subscribe to the podcast, review it, share it with a friend, and check us out online, gregorybnapp.com. Got a free gift for you, five steps to finding your passion and purpose.